Hello, everybody. I'd like to welcome you to DeanNewman.org. Today, our audio broadcast of our story is titled, More Gun Laws or Simply Repeal the Second Amendment. And if you want the written version of the story, you can always go to the homepage of the website at www.dnewman.org. And that pops up first, of course, by listening to this podcast, you already know that it will be presented with a link at the bottom of each story. Well, let's get going. Again, that question, more gun laws or do we repeal the Second Amendment? Quite honestly, the short answer to that question is neither. In the wake of the mass shootings in recent past years, many Americans are once again clamoring for new gun control. Their cries are chiefly the result of emotional angst. They're principally based on anger, fear, and shock than being based on reason. What needs to be done? Certainly something needs to be done. We've got to stop killing our children by allowing others to do so. Who needs to do whatever it is that needs to be done? What will it look like if a way is found to stop similar shootings? And is some type of gun control the answer? If so, can it be done? What needs to be done and who needs to do it? We will first discuss the specific areas of concern and potential fixes in the gun control conversation. At the end of this all, we're going to summarize with the answer for this our answer, and I think you're going to like it. First of all, let's talk about background checks. I think everybody, almost everybody anyway, will agree, including the National Rifle Association that has been just totally demonized through all of this again and again. Most agree there are holes in the gun purchase background check system that have allowed many to slip through the cracks. The process could simply be made more efficient more timely, sometimes it takes days to get these background investigations done, and people that go into a place to buy a gun, they don't want to wait days. And we should stiffen that up, short cycle it, and get broader in obtaining more information on each applicant. That could be expanded to include the legal private sale of guns and even sales at gun shows. And, of course, mental health issues are a consideration. It's got to be a part of the background check process. Must be an intricate piece of the gun purchasing process that includes, and it's got to include this, the direct involvement of mental health professionals and law enforcement experts. We could go down the list of recent mass shootings, and in almost every case, there's been someone, a shooter, that has had mental health issues. Others knew about those issues But still, somehow, they were able to purchase guns. What changes could be made to the application process for this to be included? Remember, and it could be difficult, the mental health issue I'm talking about, because the HIPAA law, the federal HIPAA law passed in 1996. It was part of the uh, uh, budget bill, just kind of thrown in at the last minute. It protects the privacy of the medical records of all Americans. A HIPAA release would be required with each gun application if any health circumstances would be included in the gun purchase process. That's all critical. And folks, it wouldn't take a lot of extra additional effort to get something like that done. Let's talk about new gun laws. The clamor all across America is for 
we got to change the laws. we got to change the laws. And every time there's a mass shooting in the U.S., especially a school shooting, gun control advocates repeat their demands for new gun laws, sometimes even gun confiscation. We've heard their justifications for new laws over and over again, but even with massive demonstrations, nothing legally ever gets done. No new laws to address these shootings. Why is that? Well, there are a whole bunch of gun laws enforced at the federal, state, and local levels that are obviously ineffective because they haven't stopped any of these. Why pass new ones then? And if so, which ones would work if they were passed? For the sake of our conversation today, consider how many gun laws there are right now. For many years, gun advocates have spouted the number 20,000 gun laws at federal, state, and local levels combined. Even President Reagan used that number. But there's no verification, there's no actual proof anywhere of that number, or any number for that matter, of the combination of federal, state, and local gun laws currently in existence. What we do know is there are a bunch of them. Alan Corwin, who co-wrote Gun Laws of America, along with Michael P. Anthony, has added up 271 federal gun statutes. But they say all of these numbers are fairly meaningless. Written in an essay on his website addressing the question of how many gun laws exist and whether this is even the proper metric in the first place, he said this, quote, If the goal of the laws is to outlaw crime, then there are enough. Because because all these luridly promoted acts of infamy involve many laws being violently broken. Ask if there is sufficient crim, criminal crime control, and everyone seems to agree there is not, Corwin wrote. If you assume there are several hundred more gun laws today at state and local levels to add to these 271 that Corwin stated, even if that number's right, there could easily be 600 gun laws in effect across the United States. That's a combination of federal, state, and local. You can bet that all those laws on the books comprehensively include just about any gun issue somebody could come up with. And in total, should with their enforcement regulate in every way ownership and use of every conceivable type of firearm. Here's some numbers for you. And you may want to go to the website and download the written version of this because these are official numbers and they're good numbers to bandy about in conversations about gun control. There are 30,000 reported deaths annually in the United States from gunfire. Here's the breakdown of those 30,000 as reported by the FBI for the year 2016. Incidentally, the CDC Centers for Disease Control state that number is not 30,000, but 33,000 plus. But here you go. 65% of those deaths were by suicide. It's 19,500. 15% were by law enforcement in the line of duty and those deemed justified in the line of duty. That's 4,500. 17% were through criminal activity, gang and drug-related or mentally ill persons, 5,100 of those, and 3% were from accidental gun discharge. That's 900. So technically, gun violence is not 30,000 annually, but it drops to 5,100 after you take those out of 
because those are going to happen regardless. Those really don't have anything. For instance, 19,500 people in 2016 committed suicide with a gun. If those people didn't have a gun, they they take themselves out doing something else. So when you back out those numbers that are going to happen, the violent number of gun crimes drops to 5,100. Still too many. Well, one is too many. How are those deaths, those particular ones, those 5,100, are they spanned out across the nation? This will blow your mind. Maybe this is no surprise. 480 homicides, that's 9.4% in 2016, happened in Chicago. Another 344, that's 6.7% of the total, were in Baltimore. 333 homicides, that's 6.5%, were in Detroit. And 119 homicides, that's 2.3% of the total, were in Washington, D.C. Incidentally, that's a 54% increase in D.C. over prior years. So, new gun laws? Eh, I don't know. Why not just enforce the ones we have? We'll talk a little bit more about that in our summary. And then there's the conversation about total gun confiscation, or if not total, just of certain types of guns. Gun uh, confiscation, and I'll go on record and tell you this, it'll never happen in the United States as long as our government is in its present form. There are too many legal protections against that occurring, but there are many from the left that would love nothing better than for the government to take away all guns from American citizens and abolish private gun ownership. I listened to talk show after talk show today and yesterday where those on the left are brought in as experts, and they'll tell, tell you real quickly, oh, we don't want guns to be confiscated. We don't want to take away the right to gun ownership. We're not for that. We just want the massive shootings to be stopped. Their justification for doing so are primarily these. Number one, we have law enforcement protection. No individual needs to have personal guns. Number two, too many guns means it's too easy to access guns to kill people. Number three, no one is safe as long as someone else has legal access to guns that might be used to kill. Number four, do away with guns, and that will do away with mass shootings. I'm not going to take the time to counter each of these above. I'll just say that American gun confiscation will never happen. What what about laws to prohibit certain types of guns, like assault rifles? First, let's make something totally clear. The most popular rifle termed by the left as an assault rifle is called an AR-15. They say... No one needs a military-style, fully automatic rifle. No one can hunt with them. Why should they be legal? That's what they say. Well, here's a couple of answers to those. All fully automatic weapons were removed from legal private gun ownership decades ago, with rare exceptions. For a gun that includes, incidentally, a rifle, a handgun, and a shotgun, to have any automatic capability, the gun must require the shooter to squeeze the trigger once to fire one shell. To fire again, the trigger must be pulled again. That's called semi-automatic. A fully automatic weapon 
which those on the left are calling an AR-15. It is not fully automatic. An AR-15 is a semi-automatic. A fully automatic weapon, like a machine gun, allows the shooter to pull the trigger one time. Just one time, hold the trigger. That allows the gun to fire very rapidly and continuously until the trigger is released or the magazine runs out of gun ammunition. This style of gun has been illegal for some time for use and or ownership by all but the military, law enforcement, and in rare cases, some gun collectors and museums. An AR-15 is a semi-automatic. It is not an assault rifle. That term actually applies to the military version of the AR-15 used only in the military and by law enforcement folks, and that version is an M4 automatic rifle. Looks just like an AR-15. Most handguns, incidentally, are semi-automatics, and far more gun murders are committed in the United States with a semi-automatic handgun than with an AR-15. What is the purpose of private use of high-capacity magazines that hold sometimes several dozen bullets? This is another cry by those on the left. Surely those could be used only for mass shootings, they say. Well, imagine a cop in a gun battle with one or several criminals. It happens very often. Seldom is the setting of this kind of situation where each guy involved in it stands perfectly still out in the open at a distance of 5 to 10 yards while any shooting takes place. Seldom are the parties involved in these shootings calm and collected and steady when they aim and shoot. They're scared to death. They're about to be killed. Oh, they're they're just going crazy. They're nervous. Well, for self-defense, military or law enforcement use of semi-automatic guns, Does the first, second, third, or fourth, and sometimes subsequent rounds hit the mark, stop the perpetrator, and protect the shooter? I don't think so. All that adrenaline and all that nervousness and dodging bullets and trying to keep from getting shot, being able to fire as 10 to 15 times if necessary in a situation like that is the purpose for the production of high-capacity magazines for semi-automatic weapons. And folks... I don't think that's going to stop. In summary, let's look at some solutions in every category listed above. Background checks, as we said, most assuredly got to be toughened, got to be broadened. There must be inclusion of mental health information of the applicant that must have a mechanism for FBI application processors to be able to quickly access those health records for applicants. Private and gun show sales should also require that same background check How successful would that be? There's no way to tell for certain, but mass shooting perpetrators of the last few years would probably have been prevented from gun purchases, at least several of them. And one of them would be enough to justify broadening these background checks. Some of that would have been stopped if this system existed. New gun laws, no new gun laws, federal, state, or local, need to be passed and enacted. And I'll maintain that as long as I breathe. We need to begin to enforce every, not some, but every current gun law, federal, state, and local. Let's face it. Criminals don't cause or care about gun laws. They're never going to abide by them. But immediate enactment of every law enforcement level in the nation 
a mandatory enforcement of every gun law would accomplish several things. It would initiate a real deterrent for criminals, for they would finally know there's a real consequence for using drugs and subsequently using guns illegal. If every gangbanger, every drug lord, every dealer in Chicago, as an example, knew for certain that if caught with a gun, an illegal gun, they would be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law, the huge number of violations would immediately start declining and go way down. Folks, that means people will live that otherwise are going to die. Secondly, by aggressively pursuing, capturing, prosecuting all those who break gun laws, it'll just simply take a bunch of bad people off the street. That in itself is a very successful way to stop gun crimes. Third, fear of consequences for criminal gun lawbreaking that is currently non-existent would immediately impact the social subcultures that are primarily guilty for a large majority of gun crimes. It's going to change those cultures if that happens. The point is that there are, and you can insert however many numbers you want to put in here, 30,000, 33,000, let's say 33,000, laws on the books that address anything illegal that anyone can do with a firearm. Having that number of laws, you know, we started, one number is 271, one number was 600, 100 was 20,000, one was 30, one was 33. Using that number, having that number of laws plus one, one more new one, isn't going to make anyone safer. What will make everyone safer is if we enforce the laws that we have right now on the books. Gun confiscation, I don't even want to say a lot about it. It's not going to happen. Even though yesterday, former Supreme Court Justice Stevens suggested repealing the Second Amendment that gives Americans a right to hold and bear arms. Doing so would require a two-thirds vote of Congress plus three-fourths of the states to formally approve any such action. It's just simply not going to happen. There are too many Americans that know and understand the benefit and the reason, the purpose for the enactment initially of the Second Amendment, and it's necessary to keep it right now. In fact, George Washington added to his personal thoughts to the importance of the Second Amendment a couple of centuries ago when he said this, quote, a free people ought not only be armed and disciplined, but they should have sufficient arms and ammunition to maintain a status of independence from any who might attempt to abuse them, which would include their own government. Americans for the foreseeable future will retain the right to own guns, I promise you. So, how do we stop senseless gun violence? It's going to take a combination of things. Broadening gun ownership apps, make private and gun show sales applications mandatory, mandate all law enforcement professionals to aggressively attack criminal gun activity of every type, and doing so includes maximum sentences. Stop the senseless media lies about types of gun crimes and types of guns, their use of terminology that is misleading to the American people. And maybe most importantly, instead of demonizing groups like the NRA, embrace and expand, encourage their programs, informational programs that have taught millions of Americans the responsibilities of own and using firearms legally, how to shoot and how to defend themselves personally. 
Stop the foolishness of gun-free zones. Folks, 49 of 50 mass gun shootings in the country took place in gun-free zones. Why is that? Gun-free zones means nobody in there is supposed to have a gun. Well, criminals love gun-free zones. You know why? They know nobody else in that is going to have a gun but them. The good guys, the legal guys, are going to abide by that law. And so they're not going to have a gun. Makes it easy for criminals to go in there and just blow people away. But the most important two things that must be done to curb this violence is for everyone to begin to speak to each other and stop speaking at each other. Communication in real ways with everybody involved listening and actually hearing those with opposite views, finding ways to bridge gaps to find commonalities that everybody can work together to accomplish. They're out there, and we got to find them. All, everybody, must stop the politicization for political advantage of this issue. It's got to stop. A mom or dad who just buried their high school senior in Florida who was shot at school doesn't give a rip about political party affiliation or any political narrative desired by any class of gun control advocates. All they want is for the senseless slaughter of innocence by guns in America to stop. All that matters is creating an American environment to protect innocence while stopping illegal possession and use of firearms of any kind. We must stop threatening actions that will never be taken. And we must stop those threats only when there's another mass shooting. It's got to stop. The threat's there all the time. We don't need to wait for mass shootings to make them politically incorrect. If we together don't work with all of the above to attack this horror that now is repeating itself more and more, we are doomed to repeat our history again and again. Let me ask you this. Who's going to pay that price? Primarily, innocent children. I'm sure you agree with me. Enough is enough. Well, that's going to wrap up this edition. And we're glad that you joined us today to discuss gun control and how we can fix this mess. Feel free to download this podcast from the website. Share it. Send it to anybody. Same thing for the written store. If you'd like to do that, feel free to share. And we'd love your comments. You can log in down at the bottom, put in your email address and your name. We do not give that away to anybody. Nobody will have access to it. And just post your comments. We'll put them up on the website and leave them there. Thanks for joining us. Remember, we're back almost every day. Make sure you check it out at www.dnewman.org. Until we talk again, have a great day. So long, everybody.